0: Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes, hey everyone. Welcome to Pardon the Intermission. I'm Eric. Yeah, I'm Jason. Hey, we're glad you're with us today. We've got some do-do-do-do-do-do breaking news.
1: Dun 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 You dun, literally, dun, 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 you dun, literally dun, just broke dun, this story. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, sorry. <did> I... <laughs> <laughs> that was my ABC breaking news did, intro. Did I thing. interrupt your uh, your uh, music there? You did, and You're... I was on a roll. Ah,
0: sorry, man. Sorry. <laughs> but, right. hold on, we're, we're gonna redo it. No, I'm teasing. That's um, okay.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> you
0: know, uh you had breaking news, man. We literally just sat down Right. and, and you were like, oh my gosh,
1: breaking news, news story.
0: What is it? Here right. we go. Right.
1: Okay, so the breaking news story is this, Eric according to an, a very reliable article source in VarietyMagazine.com, Comic-Con is right now on the verge of possibly not happening. What? Wow. Okay, now, now let me... Now, kind of, are you saying not happening at all with this? Well, that's why... Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Sorry for the, uh, the ambiguity there. Let yeah. me go ahead and let you know what's going on here. So, apparently... So, as we know, Comic-Con has kind of had a rough couple of years. They had two years where the event was canceled because of Uh COVID-19. This year's event was on as scheduled. But now, according to this recent article that I found in VarietyMagazine.com, this year's Comic-Con, which is scheduled to start July 19th, which, as of the date of this recording, uh, June 23rd, is less than a month away, it's increasingly likely to have none of their popular panels Taking place at all. Now, what do I mean by the popular panels, Eric? I'm talking about all of the Marvel panels, Mm. all of the DC panels. That also includes a lot of the HBO panels that include uh, directors, writers, and producers and actors for shows like House of Dragons. And then also The Walking Dead. There's also talks that a lot of the Star Trek TV universe panels aren't going to be there. Mm. And why is that, folks? Because of the ongoing writer strike that is still happening down in Hollywood. Now, to elaborate on this a little bit more, according to the article, it says that if the Screen Actors Guild and the American Film Theater and Radio Association, as they're better known as SAG and AFTRA, and the AMPTP cannot come to terms by the June 30th contract deadline, which is a week from today, folks, almost, and the Guild goes on strike, then the actors will almost certainly join writers and showrunners in sitting out promotional events like Comic Con leaving studios with almost no one to populate panels in front of thousands of expectant fans. This is big cheese on the table, man. That
0: is... I mean, that would send waves throughout the industry like no other. Now,
1: now listen to this. I hate to cut you off. Yeah, go ahead. Amid that uncertainty, several studios have, and I'm quoting from the article here, several studios have preemptively nixed plans for a robust presence at SDCC this year. Disney and its subsidiaries, Marvel Studios and Lucasfilm, Are not planning on any panels, cutting off the chance to showcase the cast for upcoming projects like the Marvels Loki's season two, Ahsoka, and the Haunted Mansion, which
0: which which is crazy because Mm -hmm. I mean Disney itself right now is hurting. They're in big trouble. Yep, they're cutting shows left and right. They're losing viewership. So if you are you don't even show up – I mean, if they don't show up and have a presence in Comic-Con, mm-hmm. um, that is even going to take a bigger
1: toll than, than what's happened. Yes, it is. Now, the article go- also goes on to say that studios like uh, Paramount and NBC uh, are kind of uh, playing it by ear, so to speak. Amazon plans to ha- have some kind of presence there, but not a big one. And Paramount Pictures is expected to hold a panel for the animated feature of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Mutant Mayhem. Mm. But Eric... We all know that everyone goes down there for the big draws. The Star Trek, the Star Wars, the yeah. Disney, and the Marvel, and the DC. And now, according to this article, if this tr- if this uh, new contract agreement is not ratified by the end of business on June 30th, wow. none of this is probably going to happen from what it sounds like. That
0: is crazy. Yeah, they're saying here, yeah, DC uh, features because This says D, uh, Warner Brothers is taking the, the same thing, what you just said, a wait and see posture. Right. Uh, right. But uh, they have a uh, DC, they got Blue Beetle coming out. There's Aquaman, right. uh, the Lost Kingdom. I mean, those are already kind of getting you know, a, as far as as publicity, mm-hmm. those are already getting hit. So now you're yep. going to double down with yep. with the, <laughs> the madness and hit it again, uh, possibly with with not a presence at Comic Con. Wow. Exactly, and,
1: and this and this does not bode well for Comic Cons, folks. Because for Comic Con folks, because as you're probably aware, whether you've been to it or not, this is the largest. Pop culture fan gathering in the world. Mm. I mean, San Diego Comic Con draws fans from all over the globe from Great Britain, from Japan, from China, from um, part, other parts of Asia, from other parts of Europe. It is just, it's tremendous how this thing has latched worldwide. And if none of these panels are going to be there for these millions of fans who show up yeah. during this uh, four or five day event that starts on a Thursday and ends on a Sunday, Oh, Eric, this this, I don't know how SDCC would be able to recover from this. Wow,
0: this is crazy. I mean, they even say that, yeah, Variety reached out to a Comic-Con spokesperson, David uh, Glanzer, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's saying that he hopes that, you know, in the wake of this, that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people are able to come to some sort of agreement right? so that, you know, these can go forward and, but they're just yeah. going to have to wait and see. I mean, you yeah. know, there it's out of their control. Yeah. Um, how, you know, here's the, here's the thing I'm wondering too. I mean, with, with the way that everything's going with streaming and, and with the fact that we just talked about with Disney losing so many... I mean, Disney's yeah. lost viewers. I mean, all these streaming platforms have lost viewers. Yes. They've cut these shows like that... Uh, what was it? Batgirl movie.
1: The Batgirl movie, yeah. I mean,
0: there's just like... There's things that are that are getting axed left and right from from all these studios. Yeah. In all honesty, do you think Comic-Con still holds a huge place uh, in, in the entertainment world? Or is it kind of losing footing and losing ground here anyway, because of
1: everything that's going on right now in in entertainment. Oh no. I think it still holds still. Okay. I think it still does because look, regardless of how popular uh, the streaming platforms are, regardless of how successful they are. Yeah. Let's keep in mind, everyone goes there to celebrate what pop culture is about when they Mm. go. And I've been to comic con before I went there uh, several years ago. This was back in the early two thousands when I lived down in Southern California I went down there with some friends. And Eric, if you've never been there, it is, tr- it, it is truly amazing because people go there dressed up to the gills in their Star Wars cosplay costumes, mm. in their Star Trek, Marvel, DC. It is not about the popularity of the entertainment that's currently active so much as it is just about pop culture, just about their love for the franchises and for the it's, characters that they love.
0: It's like you're walking through the un- these universes, like the Star it is. Wars universe, it the, really the is. Star Trek or, you and, know, X-Men and, or, you know, Marvel whatever, right. right? And
1: another thing too to keep in co- to keep in mind is that at Comic-Con it's not just the panels. From the movie studios and the TV studios that are there, mm. they have comic book artists who are there. They have guest speakers that are there who talk about upcoming projects. Yeah, they have other independent comic book artists who are trying to sell their product there as well, trying to get people to draw a fan base to what they do. So yeah. this is going to hurt. The, this is going to hurt the small vendors that show up there as much as it's going to hurt uh, all the fans who pay their thousands of hard-earned dollars. To go to the now, granted the panels are the big draw. The panels yeah. are the main draw. I mean, you, when you go there, you can purchase memorabilia, you can purchase regalia, you can repurchase props and toys and collectibles. I mean, and stuff who, who like doesn't
0: want to pay but, great money? I mean, you know, a lot of money to go see Kathleen Kennedy talk about projects that are never going to happen anyway. Hey, I was going to be
1: front and center <laughs> at that panel, man. <laughs> screw Don't up the you, how dare you not, Kathleen? Screw Kennedy. up the Star Wars right.
0: Lucasfilm universe yeah. even more. Just so, kidding. So folks. yeah,
1: absolutely, SDCC still is a big draw. Wow, it is still holding... Holds a place around the globe and in our in, in our popular culture today. And yeah, if this doesn't happen, Eric, and if all well, these panelists bow out, th- oh man, this is terrible.
0: Th- this is going to be just another uh, an- another way the studios screw the fans again. And, and, and I mean, I understand so yep. writers. There's a lot of strikes going on—the writer strike yes. and then the actors and all this stuff's happening. I understand all that, but at the same time, <clears> you know, the ones that always seem to really get hurt are, yeah. are going to be the fans because, like you say, they're expecting these panels. They pay good money for these tickets, yeah. And if people don't show up. Hey, who knows? Maybe it'll be better if if the independent creators are there. Mm-hmm. Then maybe they'll get more of the focus. Yeah. Maybe people actually see that there's actually you know people who, who are doing good work that aren't necessarily backed by all these huge studios, right? Because oh. the studios at this okay. point are kind of putting
1: out some junk. So you're kind of you're kind of referring to like a, a double-edged sword scenario. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm le- well, I'm looking at the silver lining. The silver lining. There you Better better, better, uh, better description. Yeah. Better metaphor. silver lining yeah. here that
0: may, maybe they'll get get yeah. more of the focus. Heck, put okay. them on the main stage put these the independent guys on the main hey, stage that's instead a good of, idea. instead of putting them in the in the you know like like I was telling you before the show and put them in building three where nobody right. even knows right in the back. Right, exactly. Yeah, they're way on the back of the lot. Put know. them next to the
1: cafeteria. Yeah, by the trash cans over there. Yeah. I, I have mean, a better idea. You can't
0: even find them. Now you'll be able to see right. them on a main stage. I have
1: a better idea. Why don't you put the show, Pardon the Intermission, on the of There you go. Our main let's yeah, get us let's, up there so we can talk, talk about, about it. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, another thing, too, that's very important to keep in mind here, folks. And also, by the way, I am going to post this story on our Facebook page at Pardon okay. the Intermission yeah. so that way you guys can read it just to kind of get the full scope of what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'll here. get it up on uh, Twitter, too. Right, yeah. exactly. But another thing to keep in mind here, Eric, is that when people pay to go to Comic Con, they are paying sometimes a year in advance. To go to this event, because the way it works now with Comic-Con is back when it first started, you could just purchase like a ticket for it, just like for a single day admittance. Okay. And at that time, it was like a two or a three day event. But because it's become so popular over the years, uh, they now sell tickets as kind of like uh, think of them as like Park Hopper passes for their own version Mm. of Park Hopper passes. What you do is you buy it in a package. So like, for example, one package will will contain a ticket for entrance into admittance for one day, and then you get to go visit one panel or two panels. Another uh, package has two tickets that will get you in to see two panels on two different days, or something like that. You can't now. Can you pick the? Can you pre-pick the panels, or is it basically
0: first come, first serve? When you show up there, you just you have you have a ticket to show. You can you you're admitted if they have room. Type so of
1: so they organize panels based on the ticket package that they offer. So for if I'm understanding your question correctly here and hopefully I am, what they do is that they will so they will select the certain types of panels to accompany certain ticket packages. So for example, okay. if you want to see the main panels for Marvel and Star Wars and Disney, Then you would have to pay a much more expensive price to get like the full package, which is the full four days. You get the ticket for entrance for four days. Plus, you get to see the four panels consisting of the main ones. And then they have ticket packages that go down lower and lower. Different tiers. So it's kind of like a different permission level. And again, think of it like a Park Hopper Pass in a way. But just, Mm. I mean, whereas with Disney, with the Park Hopper Pass, you're just getting admittance into the theme parks. With this, you're getting admittance into the event. But then a little cherry on the top. If we're using Disney panels. as an
0: example, I'd say probably more like the Magic Keys. You know, you yeah, have there your, you, go. you have your, yeah. your, your, top yeah. tier key. There I can't even remember. I think it's a Believe key or something. But you have your top yeah. tier key, and you get to, you know, you get more days. you, yeah. get, you get more stuff, and then you go down, down, down. So then, yeah. you get to a point where it doesn't include parking and everything. Yeah, yeah like maybe two days of exactly. the year you get to go to the park.
1: And the, and then, I I'm mean the lowest. Ear. so if the, if this event is oh not is, is not held or is still being held, but just with the um with the panelists that aren't going to be there, then my thought going around is the people who paid for this event for a year out. How are they going to be refunded? And then how is this going to affect yeah. the economy of San Diego? Because this is a big economic uh, boom maker mm. for San Diego because the hotels and the restaurants in the gas lamp quarter, and this event, by the way, folks, is held down at the San Diego Convention Center, which is right in front of the gas lamp quarter in the heart of downtown San Diego. Okay, yeah. And they have really cleaned that area of downtown up well, a I've lot.
0: I've been there. Years so, and years ago, I was down there, and it was a nice area. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, uh, Gaslight, what do they call it? Gaslight area? The gas area. lamp, gas lamp gas So so yeah, that was years ago.
1: Yeah. So if this event is not held, not only do uh, not only do the fans lose out, not only do the panelists lose out, but so do the businesses and the hotels and the restaurants that benefit from all the local tourism down there.
0: Well, and, and and we're going back, and, and to your point on that, I mean, we're going back to what we always talk about with streaming and stuff, and even the movie theaters, yeah. in the sense of that, you know, when you start pulling away these events, and you kind of you mess with them like this, yeah. then, you know, it's huge, because mm-hmm. then people just decide, you know, I'm not going to go, or maybe they say, you know what, why don't you stream the thing, and I'll watch it at yeah. home. You know, you stream a panel and yeah. I don't go. And then, like you're saying, all those, you know, the, yeah. the hotels and the restaurants and everything else lose out because of that. Yeah. But here's the other thing. You know, I was just thinking about this when you were talking about this. You know, the other problem here, too, is that I know these studios, especially with this writer's strike, I mean, I don't have any good word. I'm this is just my opinion sure. that they're going to start using more and more AI, especially as AI gets better, like with, you know, Ooh. Chat GPT and stuff to create these scripts and whatnot. That's even going to hurt Comic Con even more because. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you interview a a, a, and, a program, a, exactly. AI, you know, you say, you know, how did you create this AI? And they're like, you know, Johnny we, Five Alive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we really like the show and we wanted to, right. I, mean, I don't know. Anyway, but the point being is that, you know, <laughs> this could really hurt creators overall. I mean, this mm-hmm. is, is not this, that's what I was saying. These yeah. are ripple effects that we're probably going to
1: mm-hmm. see
0: for a few years to come right. after this is all done because you know, those studios are moving to that and this is going to yeah. even make them do do it more yeah. with the writer strike and yeah. whether they're they're wanting wanting a reason to do it or yes. whether they're just looking for a way to hey we got to get content back up yeah. and going but uh, I don't know. But yeah, this this is not good. This is not good. I think. Go ahead. And I'll yeah, right just
1: ahead. to reiterate, folks, I'm not suggesting that the article says that San Diego Comic Con is uh, going to shut down completely. No, no that's no, not no. what it's saying. Uh, so please, I, I feel like I might have misstated that. What I'm simply saying is that a lot of these panelists, which which comprise about oh, sixty five, seventy percent of the interest of Comic Con, are talking about not going there because of the writer strike, and if they're not there, well. that's what I'm talking about. But just like you said, I mean, it's not, it's the fact that, you know, people
0: uh, buy these tickets a year in advance. Yeah. They probably take time off of work. They Plan their vacations around this. They do. So, and, and if they're like, oh man, I wanted to go see, you know, them talking about the latest and greatest Marvel and they were supposed to have, Who knows, you know, uh, uh, Brie Larson was supposed to be there, blah, 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 who knows, right, the the big names that are coming out, Loki, what's his name, I can't remember the guy, Tom Hiddleston, Tom, yeah, yeah, Yeah. and, and, you know, then all of a sudden they're not showing up, you know, they they can't be there, Uh, these actors and and these writers and and all these uh, directors Mm -hmm. and stuff, then, yeah, it, it completely, you know, can you imagine can you imagine trying to trying to the like you're saying, you know, the excitement for the person, the individual person going, yep. it's not happening now all of a sudden. And now it's like, well, OK, like I said, it may be good to get to see some other creators, but they still paid the money. So you got the issue of are they getting a refund mm-hmm. for some of that back? And, exactly. and the other thing is that, you know, I mean, you know, will they even go at this point? Right. You know? Exactly.
1: Yeah. So that, it's,
0: it'll it's going to hurt. Like, so like you said, it's going to hurt everyone overall. It's going to have a ripple effect. I was going to say, you know, it's going to be interesting because as as AI does take over, though, and, you know, Comic-Con, it may become more of an independent-type venue with with actual creators. I think what you're going to have... Is you're going to have a space where you know the studios, the the larger uh, studios, mm-hmm. corporations are going to use the AI technology, but you're still going to have um, a lot of creators uh, out there that are going to be independent and doing their own thing at this point. Right. So maybe this thing is going to shift to be more of an independent uh, type of a venue uh, for for creators rather than you know just mm-hmm. uh, planning on hosting the big boys. You
1: know. Yeah, but if that does happen, though, Eric, I mean, what? let's just say for argument's sake that that does happen. I mean, what's the what's the long term viability of the event, though, because even though if that does happen, even though it would be a good platform for the independent creators to get mm-hmm. their material out there and to draw in a fan base of their own. I mean, look, let's face it, it doesn't have the same allure to it as having the tag of Marvel and DC and Star Wars and Star Trek on it. So I'm not trying to downplay the importance of these independent creators because it's important to see their work and to admire it. But at the same time, I have to be a little bit skeptical and actually no better word usage. I have to be somewhat cynical Mm. about that because, um, again, with the independent creators, it's just not going to have that same allure at first. That uh, sure, it, it does with the big panelists. Well,
0: sure, and that's what I mean. It may be more of a smaller venue. It may not be as big, and you know, because you don't have, you know, the big creators there. But my point is that mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, what's gonna happen is you're gonna have a split where it's gonna be, yes, they're gonna have the big movies, but probably most of the scripts are going to be generated by AI at this point. Um, maybe even some, I mean, think about it. What we see, most of what we see on screen is green screen. It's not even real anyway. Right. Right. I mean, we can go back to, uh, uh, Maverick, Top Gun Maverick. Mm -hmm. And I mean, those were actual stunts and that's why it was received so well. Yeah. But a lot of what the studios are doing are just, and, and, and they're really failing in a lot of these special effects, which I want to hear. We're going to do a a Shazam review right after this. And I want to hear how the special effects look. But anyway, gotcha. um, But my point being is that you know going back to more of of there's going to be a split, and I think Mm -hmm. the the independent creators might even be Mm -hmm. sought after, and it may be kind of I don't want to say I don't know if it'd be a small group, but I think it's going to be something that's going to be more sought after in the future because it's going to break free from the you know computer generated um, stuff that's just out there, which is I don't think it ever will reach. Mm -hmm. You can't write, a computer cannot write with emotion. Right, A script. So I don't think you're ever going to reach that or even film it or or even, you know, the stunts. I mean, there's a different from the real compared to, you know, uh, A.I. green screen stuff.
1: I used to work with somebody who was a script, uh, who was a script supervisor down in Hollywood, and she assisted writers in developing their scripts. And I remember her telling me that when it comes to the finalization of a script It's just it's a whole lot more behind the scenes than just someone writing it, submitting it, having it stamped and approved. Mm -hmm. There are literally hundreds of people and hundreds of sets of eyes that look at this script and figure Mm -hmm. out ways to make it better. So it's not just not just that component that you're talking about Eric but it's the editorial process yeah. that will lose out if AI does happen there as well and so well anytime you watch um, any
0: of behind the scenes of, of these movies being made I mean they're they're making script changes I mean the day of shooting you know they're like oh this doesn't mm-hmm. work and that I mean but you know yeah AI is never going to be I mean they could they could have it all to AI it's never going to reach the level I think right I of, hope not of of a person well if it does that will be pretty scary we yeah, might right? be gone at that point it'll be Skynet you know <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Write your own script, What are Dave. you doing, Dave? Yeah. Your script sucks,
0: Dave. I was thinking more Terminator, you know. <laughs> I'll be back. Yeah. yeah right. Where is Sarah Connor? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um hey, uh so uh yes. let's hope
1: they they work it out and right. let's get Comic-Con back up to speed here. Right. But Uh, And again, folks, we'll we'll post this on our social media channels so you can look at it. And obviously, we will keep you updated about the progress of this. Because like I said, like the article says, they have until June 30th to get that writer's strike finalized. So we'll bring you updates and let you know periodically what's going on with this story. So now I'm really interested to find out. Now,
0: I I am on the fence with this. Uh, We talked about it before, and I think I wanted to see it because I heard it was a Batman movie. Yeah, But I'm on the fence I'm back on the fence, mm-hmm. and I'm really thinking I'm gonna wait till it's streaming because I have heard reviews. I've yes. heard spoilers. I can't help it. I just have to. I just have to <laughs> hear spoilers. That's just me. But anyway, I have heard this stuff. Yes. I want to get it from you. You went and actually saw this movie. Yes. Flash. Mm-hmm. What is it called? What's the official name? Is it Flashpoint? No. The official no.
1: name of the movie is The Flash.
0: Just the Flash. Just the Flash. The Flash.
1: The Flash. You went and saw the Flash. Yes. What did you think? On a scale of DC stars, one being the worst, 10 being the best, I would give it five. Really? Uh, now, okay, yes. Wow.
0: And it's very... And I'm, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say right here, sorry to interrupt you, but I'm yes. going to say right here... I have heard that, unfortunately, I have heard that more and more and more and more from reviewers that I trust, too, that I listen to. That's what they say. So, okay, take it away.
1: Okay, so it's very hard for me to give it this five-star rating because The Flash and Batman are two of my favorite comic book characters of all time. Really? Yes, but uh, I give it five stars because even though there were a lot of fun and good elements of the movie, overall... I thought the story and the plot line were very muddled. It was piecemeal together. It seemed like rather quickly. So basically, the plot of the movie centers around the Flash, played by Sicko Ezra Miller, <laughs> a.k.a. Barry Is that Allen. his new name, Sicko? That's sicko Barry Ezra Miller. We'll talk about his personal his new issues later. Name, yeah. So, for those of you who are familiar with the comics books, with the comics of the Flash, you know that the character Barry Allen uh wait, tries- wait a minute
0: so we should we say there might be spoilers here there might be spoilers oh yes okay. there, there will there, be spoilers there will yes. be spoilers folks there will so be spoilers. sorry muffs right now go watch the them. movie and then come back and listen to the review if you don't exactly want click
1: pause right now go watch the movie and then come back and hit <laughs> play it, that's yeah. right so yeah so the move so the movie is pretty much like the comics where it centers around barry mm. trying to go back in time to save his mother from being killed okay and in the In the movie, just like in the comics, the plot line centers around Barry's father, Henry Allen, uh, who is framed and later who is who is found guilty for the murder of his wife and Barry's mother, even though he really didn't do it. Mm. So, yeah, the movie centers around Barry trying to go back in time to save his mother. But at that end, the process, he slips into what's called the Speed Force and he goes and In his attempt to go back in time to do something good, he actually does something bad because he goes back and he alters the entire timeline. Okay. And so now what the movie does, Eric, and this is where the plot line tends to get muddled down a little bit, is it combines some elements from uh, previous DC characters and previous storylines and movies like, for example, Man of Steel, because Mm. when he goes back in time he uh he tries to go back again to correct it but he ends up in an in a different timeline that includes Michael Keaton's Batman yes and that also includes the characters from Man of Steel remember when Michael Shannon played General Zod Yes, yes. So, but now instead of seeing Superman in this timeline, we come across Supergirl, who was played by a new actress. I think her name is um, uh, Sophia uh, or Sonia something or other. I don't have a cast list in front of me. I'm sorry.
0: No, it's okay. But so, yeah,
1: anyway. In the process of trying to go back and restore time, Barry realizes that he creates more damage than he does good. And so, when he goes back in time to um, to prevent his mom from being killed, he does. But then he stumbles upon his eighteen year old self in this alternate timeline. And so, he recruits his own self at age eighteen to help him restore the timeline from where he left it from. Okay. And now, and this is where Michael Keaton's Batman comes in because. He knows that Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, a.k.a. Ben Affleck, he considers a good friend in the timeline he left, and so he tries to track down Bruce thinking he's going to find the same Bruce, when lo and behold he finds Michael Keaton's Batman, mm. which was fun for me because I loved Michael Keaton's Batman. But, Eric, that's where the plot of the storyline really gets muddled because they just try to squeeze too much into it there all at the same time. And then it culminates with at the very end of the movie, again, spoilers are coming, so please hit pause right now if you don't <laughs> need to listen to it, where we see all the different versions of Superman that ever existed and all the different versions of Batman that ever existed, from television to the big screen. So there's one big okay. scene where you see all these big balls of time, and you see one that contains nothing but all the Supermen. So you see the George Reeves Superman, mm. you see um, you see Christopher Reeve and Helen Slater who played Supergirl. Christopher Reeve, okay. of course, digitally created character. You also see. Not the Brandon Ralph Superman, but the Nicolas Cage Superman. That's what I hear, yes. Yes. Now, why are some of you saying, but Jason Nicholas Cage didn't play Superman? He did. He actually almost. did, <laughs> almost. So Tim Burton actually was working on a film with Kevin Smith, who was the director of films such as uh, Dogma, um, Clerks. Clerks and Clerks Two and Clerks Three, and Clerks Rats. 23. Yeah, yeah, Clerks I don't 23. know if So and at the time, Kevin Smith was working with Tim Burton on a Superman movie. That starred Nicolas Cage as the Man of Steel. But Mm. the studio scrapped it. They just didn't like the idea. The funding never went through fully. And as a result, they had to chop it off. So they included... Nicolas Nicolas Cage's Superman in the Mm. ending of the movie. But uh, overall, uh, yeah, again, the storyline was just very muddled. They tried to include way too much in this. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like, yeah. It was just basically a truncated version of a very long and a very good and well-written comic book story arc put into about a two hour and 35 mm. or 40 minute movie. And then also Eric, the digital effects at times were impressive. Here we go. But at other times, the digital effects were very clearly digital. You could really tell that they wow. were put together that's kind of heard, like on yeah. a shoestring budget, like with a digitally enhanced version of Christopher Reeve's Superman. Mm. I'm like, that's the best you guys could do. Really? Yeah. I mean, seriously, you could clearly tell that he was put together with digital compositing wow. and composition. And the Nicholas Cage Superman wasn't really, didn't look like the real actor Nicholas cage because we've seen what he looks like. But um, the, again, there were times when the movie was fun. There were times where it made you laugh. But honestly, folks, stay home for this one. Wait till it streams on mm. Max. Um, I was not disappointed. I'm not going to say I hated it, Eric. I just didn't like it as much as I thought I Do would. Do you think they put tried to put too many member berries in there? Oh, definitely. With, with all the
0: characters and stuff? yeah, Def,
1: Definitely. I yeah. think they could have done without maybe 70% of that movie especially towards the end and in the middle of the film, and still made it a very fun and noteworthy film. But now I will say this. For those of us who love Batman and who love Michael Keaton's Batman, yeah. it was fun to see him back in action one more time in that he, suit. And, and I
0: think, uh, if, I, if I heard right, uh, that he comes in as basically an older Batman. It is. And he actually, I think he's retired at that point too, right? He
1: is. So at the point in time where Barry goes back to try and find Bruce Wayne, he finds him when, yes, he's retired. He's hung up the cape and the cowl because Gotham City has become one of the safest cities in all of the world. <laughs> so as a wow. result, Batman is no he's, longer yeah, needed to needed. fight crime. Yeah. yeah. And so in a way, he's kind of he's Bruce Wayne has become very reclusive. Mm. He has a beard, long hair, and there's a scene where he's fighting them in the kitchen and he's in his flip-flops and sweatpants, <laughs> and he's listening to to the uh, the classic rock band Chicago. Oh my God. So yes. That's that that was kind of corny too, but at any rate, so yeah, when they finally kick some sense into him and really realize i'm ready to be batman again yeah um then yeah he decides to help them uh find uh supergirl I, so it. i heard
0: that he was in there about what about 45 minutes to an hour then they finally get to batman right they finally get somewhere to batman. around there and then yes. i heard also that uh you know he it, it, you know it they that he not that he could carry the movie but it was almost you know at that point trying to get revived like he was almost to save the movie, but the movie, like you're saying, it was just so much. Yes, uh, have you know? At that point, it was just so much, that it was basically yes. falling apart. And and even Batman, you know, the Michael Keaton Batman right. couldn't save this. Yeah, uh, couldn't come out of here. Uh, by the way, uh, is the name Sasha Cali? Sasha that how- Cali. That's yeah, yeah, it. that's a yeah. that plays Supergirl. Thank you. Um. So yeah. Yeah, what'd you think about Supergirl? what do you think about the character?
1: Didn't like her. Really? Why Did, is that? Well, okay. So I, I didn't like her because uh, I thought the character was a little too dark, mm. too dark for my liking. Yeah, it's they they kind of portrayed her out to be a little bit more uh, of a tragic, flawed character than what she really was. Because okay. the comic book character of Kara Zor El slash Supergirl was nowhere near what what this movie version of, of Supergirl was. Because mm. um, when they find her in the Flash, she has been captured by a bunch of Russian radicals and soldiers, and she's been... Um, her powers have been neutralized, so she's been beaten almost and she's been um, abused and she's kept been from sunlight. Kept right? from sunlight, yeah. So she so can't get her weak. strength and her powers. Yeah. But even then when she gets her powers back, it's like she seems like she's on a death mission or something. Hmm. So I, I didn't like her. I just didn't like and it's not that I didn't like the actress. I just didn't like the way the character was drawn up and the way they had her storyline portrayed. It just yeah, Eric, I I think they could have made a quality film without her in it, but still had her in it but just maybe put her in different parts of the film to give her a different purpose. I, I don't I don't know. You know, I, I'm going to say, uh, going back to Michael
0: Keaton and stuff, you know, it's great that they have, they're able to bring these characters yeah. back, but man, I'm getting so sick of this multiverse time travel, <laughs> you know, stuff. I mean, it really, right. I
1: mean. It's great for comic books, but it's difficult to tell on the big screen.
0: Yeah, I, it, it becomes too much of a crutch, I think, mm-hmm. for, for him to use that. Now, it's great. I mean, you know, I, I do want to see it, I do want to watch it uh, just yeah. because of Michael Keaton. I just want to yeah. see that. Now, he, was, I don't know what part he was supposed to play in uh, the Batgirl movie mm-hmm.
1: um, but he was supposed to be in that too right he was he yeah. was supposed to be uh, the pretty much the same version of Batman that he is in the Flash where he's much older he's not quite as much of a crime fighter as he was you know more in, like a mentor
0: to kind like of pass the baton off so yeah you know, you know what you take care of Gotham I'm yeah doing, you know? and
1: he would make casual cameos in the series when he was when the con or when the, the contract stated for him to make them so yeah he wasn't going to be a regular in the Batgirl series but he he was going to make a couple of cameos here and okay,
0: there. Okay, yeah. See, I, yeah. I mean, I, you know, that would be okay, you know, to kind of do a continuation of the story type of thing. Right, But, right. yeah,
1: this multiverse stuff, man, I don't know. What do you yeah. think about it? You know what? Uh, again, like I said, the multiverse is best suited for comic books. Yeah. I truly believe that. It's a lot funner to read about these alternate realities because there's just – it's a greater medium to tell a multiverse story on the pages of a comic book rather than on the big screen of a movie where, A, your time is limited, B, your budget is limited, even though they have million-dollar yeah. budgets, and C, you um you you try to cram so much in there because of the time constraints and the financial constraints. Let me, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's where uh, I think that's ultimately what happened with this film, even though it was still fun, like I said, that's ultimately what I
0: felt happened. Well, happen it, it's with this kind film. of a cop out, right? Leno was like it, <laughs> yeah. even for comic books because if you, you know, remember I years ago, right? Mm-hmm. The comic book came out Superman is dead, right? right? This and- one like he dies. I tell you that I never really read it, so I don't know what how if he it's comes back comic. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he comes back to life at some point, right? He does. See that mm-hmm. this is the thing that you know when when you uh, I've, we've talked about this before. You know the stakes have to be real, yeah. And when when people are gone, they have to be gone. You mm-hmm. can't go to another <laughs> universe, multiverse, or something. I don't know about that particular comic, but yeah. I mean, and as they've done this a lot in the movies, at least. You know, and it's like, oh well, they're you know they're in another timeline. Yeah. Another thing too is that why did Ezra Miller have to play both parts? If he's a different person, and Batman's not the same person, obviously, and they have Supergirl, not Superman, why, yeah.
1: did, why did he have to play both parts, I wonder? Uh, I think Ezra Miller had to play both parts because from the time that he left to go back in time to save his mother, he was still in that timeline. And, Wait, and does, so, so does he see himself as a younger version, or is it a different He sees himself timeline? as... So when he initially gets back to the timeline just before his mother died, he sees his younger self. But then that's where he stops, and then goes back in time just a little bit more to write like the day before she dies. And okay, he, he, and you know what he does to prevent her death? He puts a can of tomatoes from the grocery store in a shopping cart because. Uh, in well, that's yeah, one thing. It's a butterfly effect, right? In a, other words, it, that's exactly it. Butterfly yeah. effect. Yeah. yeah and sure. so, from at that point when he got there, from that point in time. His 18-year-old version was okay. in that point in time. So, so that's it why is himself. It's just a younger version. It is a younger, version. Is okay, a younger okay. version. I misunderstood. Yes. I thought maybe it was no, a I'm different. No, I'm sorry.
0: No, 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 not from you. I just thought okay. my, my, you know, like I haven't seen it. So I just assumed, I should yeah. put it that way. I assume it wasn't you. But I should assume, I was assuming that it was a different
1: kind of timeline and a different, you know. I was actually kind of hoping, and this is what really kind of had me scratching my head, that Grant Gustin, who plays The Flash on the on the CW Netflix series, yeah, did The they, Flash. Didn't, did they pull him in at all? They didn't yank him in. Wow. And what makes this even more interesting, Eric, is that Ezra Miller's Flash made an appearance from the multiverse in the Flash TV series. Oh, my God. In the Crisis on Infinite Earths three- okay. and four-part episode Episode four parter that they had on that TV series, Ezra Miller was in that. Mm. So I said to, I came away saying to myself, why would you include Ezra Miller in that version of the Flash? But not try and make it more interesting by including Grant Gustin in this movie version. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They still could have done it that way. Good point. Yeah. So I would. Yeah, I can. I was just kind of. I felt like I was in the multiverse trying to keep <laughs> up with everything. I'm like, let's go. That's the thing, you know. A movie
0: should be a ride, and it's good to make you think. Right. it should Make you think more on a philosophical thing, not trying to, you know, puzzle piece everything together as you're watching. Wait, wait, did I miss something? Wait, what's going on? Because it'll pull you right out of the movie. Yeah. Okay. Another another question. This might be the last one from me. Yes. Okay. The special effects you said uh, there were some points where it looked like it was just pieced together Yes, do you think that they actually because this movie took a long time to come out do you think they actually this movie they actually went back and reshot stuff or re-put stuff and changed it um, before they put it out, and maybe they had to rush these effects, and that's why they were so bad. What
1: do you think? Not only do I think that, Eric, but I know that's what you happened. Do. Okay, yes, because I remember a couple of like a couple of years ago, uh, there were a couple of art- there were some articles that came out on popular uh, sites like ScreenRant dot com and even Variety magazine that talked about how they had to go back and reshoot a lot of scenes because they started shooting the film right when the COVID nineteen pandemic bro- oh, okay. started yeah. to break out. Yeah. COVID came out, shut everybody down. And then when the the movie studios were allowed to let some people come back, they resumed shooting of The Flash. But because COVID disrupted their timeline, because this movie I think was supposed to be released last year, not this year. Mm. And so I think the creators and the directors and the producers literally – acted like The Flash and they went faster than the speed of light <laughs> trying to piecemeal this movie together okay. at the last minute just so they could meet their timeline for this gotcha. year. So yes, Eric, I do believe, based on information that I also read, that they hushed, they rushed this a lot. So it was more to mm-hmm. get it out, not necessarily changes that might have been
0: made right in the script, you know?
1: It, exactly, yeah. Okay, so gotcha. they get it based on necessity rather than just...
0: Saying the, they have a stinker, like, oh, we got a stinker here, we got to change yeah. it. You know? Yeah,
1: so in other words, they weren't they weren't trying to deliberately... Cut corners because they had the budget to do so. They literally had to cut corners because they had to meet their timeline, and they couldn't extend the shooting of the film. Okay, so they had to go back and do all these reshoots. I just wanted to scenes. make
0: sure that uh, yes. what's Amber Heard's character in Aquaman? Uh, Mira, Mira. I wanted to make sure that Mira wasn't a big part of this movie, and they had to rewrite.
1: Her. No, <laughs> but and and Joel Schumacher haters of the Joel Schumacher Batman films, be prepared, be prepared, because. Uh-oh. The George Clooney Batman I heard is about in this. that
0: too. George. He's in is the in very it?
1: last scene. Uh, he pulls up in a Mercedes and he gets out of the car and Ezra Miller thinks that he's talking to Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne only to have George Clooney step out and say, "Hey, Barry." So he's going? in
0: a different timeline or he's, he's, in, oh yes. my God. So yes, he's the, lost. He's lost right? in there. For
1: those of us who absolutely deplore the Joel Schumacher Batman films, I hate to break it to you, but George Clooney's, hi, freeze, I'm Batman is back. <laughs> I was going to say, they got to bring back Arnold
0: Schwarzenegger,
1: <laughs> Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Freeze bird boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, oh Lord, look at that. Hey, on, I have to no, freeze okay, right now. Okay, quickly. So Flash, wait for it. Wait for it to stream. Stream. Okay, Please. got it. All right. Hey, thanks everyone for listening. We do appreciate you. Remember to check out our social media. Uh, We are on Twitter at PTI uh, underscore podcast and and on Facebook at Pardon the Intermission. All right. Thanks everyone. Take care. We'll catch you on the next one. Yep. Peace out. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.